You're listening to the Soul Career Podcast, the podcast that brings you stories from people who've taken a risk to discover careers that fill them with purpose and make them come alive. I'm your host, Lysandra Ricketts. Now for the episode. Today, we have my brother and co-founder, Warren, who's joining us on the podcast for the second time. Hi, Warren. Hi, everyone. So happy to have you here, Warren. So Warren is the co-founder and CEO of Soul Career, and he's also strategic customer success manager at Cloudflare, which is a Silicon Valley tech unicorn that IPO'd on the New York Stock Exchange last year. That was very exciting. Warren joined Cloudflare in July 2019, and he got promoted just 15 months later. So for this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about how do you get promoted at work in just 15 months, right, Warren? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So let me start by asking you about Cloudflare itself, because it's hard to explain because it's quite technical, right? So what Mm -hmm. does Cloudflare do, Warren? Yeah, and you know, let me try not to bore you guys because as Lissandra just said, it is a very technical company, right? And this, you know, a lot of our listeners might not have an appetite, but in a nutshell, Cloudflare is a performance and security company, right? And um, how I like to explain it is we provide a bunch of our solutions through our network and our network is twofold. It's called a content delivery network, a CDN and an Anacast network. And then all of our products come under that, such as our bot management or workers, security, Argo for performance. So going back to the network piece, mm-hmm. content delivery network, what does that mean? Um, it pretty much means that we have, net, we have servers all across the globe. And what we can do is we can serve cached content from those servers to the viewers of websites that use Cloudflare much quicker because we can serve them that content from a server that's closer located to the viewer, as opposed to the viewer having to wait on t- for that content from a server that's existing a lot farther away. Mm-hmm. And then from the Anacast side of things, what we can do is, so a great example is um, of, a malicious act, uh, of malicious activity is a distributed denial of service attack. Mm-hmm. And this is where a lot of, um, internet properties are overtaken by malicious bots and they serve fake traffic, a lot of fake traffic to the websites Mm -hmm. that we're protecting to try to overwhelm their resources. What we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll absorb that traffic and spread it out to our servers all across the globe so that our customers either barely feel that surge in traffic or they don't feel it at all and they can operate business as usual. Yeah, my gosh, you know, we have so many conversations about some of these products and my eyes kind of glaze over like, oh my God, you know, but that was a really good, easy way to explain it, Warren. So you're really good at what you do. So this is a great segue. (laughs) This is a great segue into me asking like, what exactly is it that you do as a strategic customer success manager? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, really just to start off from like the customer success manager point of view, a lot of people might think, what is a customer success manager, right? Like, what's the difference between a customer success manager and an account manager or a customer support person? Well, we're not customer support. We're in sales and um, customer success 
it can kind of, it, the, the, the definition is exchangeable with account manager because you're managing a book of accounts. It's just that what I find is some companies, they like to separate the account management uh, man, manager position from the customer success position and consider the account manager as an expansion account manager only focused on upselling new products into the customers that they have in their book while the customer success manager focuses solely on developing that relationship, retaining that customer and facilitating those upsell conversations for the expansion person so that they can sell more products, right? Mm -hmm. But typically, you know, when I think of an account manager in the traditional sense, it's a person that does both as opposed to it being separated, but for a company as technical as Cloudflare, as we just spoke about with all the different products that we have, Cloudflare has decided that they want to separate that so that the customer success person can focus more on the technicalities of the product and they don't feel overwhelmed by all the work necessary in the sales process that the expansion rep is currently um, taking care of at Cloudflare. Yeah, you know, soulcareer.com is hosted on the Cloudflare platform and maybe I'm not using the right lingo, but... Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but we do that to enhance the security of our website. And you are the one that deals with all the technicalities of going back and forth with our web developers and so on. So thank goodness for that, because me looking at some of those conversations, it's just like a headache for me. So, <laughs> so maybe you can explain now, Warren. So what is different now in your new role as strategic customer success manager versus yeah. where you started as customer success manager? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so as a customer success manager at Cloudflare, um, you're typically in charge of a book of business that is in a certain range of annual contract value. The strategic customer success manager focuses on the highest annual contract value customers. So as you can imagine, you know, that's an impactful position, right? Because you're not only, you know, Everyone is important, um, especially in the account management org. But when you start thinking about the largest customers and the impact that they can have on the business in a good way and a bad way, because if these customers leave, um, that could be a lot of revenue uh, leaving the business. Mm -hmm. As a strategic person, you're in charge of those customers. So you can imagine that in order to you know, be a strategic, you have to... Um, show a, a, a lot of different characteristics and mannerisms that are conducive to the success of trying to retain as many of those customers as possible and keeping them as happy as possible and being a, um, a, a, a what you call it, a, um, a, a knowledge base for the customers whenever they have any questions and have any issues that they're experiencing that they may need some help with. Yeah, exactly. And I wish we could share what some of your clients were, but I know that's confidential, but some really highly recognizable names on your client list that you manage, right, Warren? Like that yeah, yeah. Recognize. Yeah, I mean, you know, some of our customers, they, they publicly make it known that they use Cloudflare, right? So Wikimedia, I manage the Wikimedia book of business. Um, and click funnels, yeah. <laughs> ironically, because we used to use click funnels a lot more than we do now. We still technically use them, yes. but click funnels is, is one of my accounts and, and many more. Yes, that was really interesting because our, um, our program is hosted 
on the learning management system of ClickFunnels right now. And we were moving it over to WordPress. So we've had so much experience with ClickFunnels and then they became your client at Cloudflare, which is really funny. (laughs) So (laughs) ironic. That's how the world works, right? Mm -hmm. So the last time you were on the podcast, you had just gotten the job, right? And we were talking about everything that you went through through your whole career journey to get to this point of getting this job that was such a great match for who you are and your personality. So what did you do in the first 90 days in the job to wow everyone and become such a rock star that you got promoted so quickly? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I I think back and I'm like, oh, that worked out. And I think I was lucky. <laughs> you know, I thought, man, there was a lot of luck that happened there. But to be honest, um, when, when to have success in a new company, um, the first ninety days is super important, right? The first ninety days kind of um, illustrates how the rest of your career there will be, at least on that team. And I'm speaking from experience because. My first 90 days as a full-time employee at Facebook, it, as, as, as a comparison, wasn't that great. And um, I do think that a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was an MBA intern the year before, and I did a very good job and I was super prepared. And maybe I wasn't as prepared coming in full-time because I underestimated the, the necessity of making sure the first 90 days is as impactful and um, I am as present as possible. Mm -hmm. So I learned from that. And of course, taking the sole career course and going through our process that I need to do, I need to make sure that I am super invested in my first 90 days at Cloudflare. And what did that look like? It had a lot to do with getting to know my team. Every week I tried to have coffee or go on a walk with a new person on my team in the first 30 days, right? It was learning. I was trying to learn as much as possible, learn all the products as much as I can um, while, while keeping the mindset that I don't need to know everything, but I need to at least understand what is it that Cloudflare does? What are all the products and services that we provide? And I shadowed a bunch of calls, shadowed a bunch of senior people, senior CSMs on their onboarding calls, asked a lot of questions and before asking questions I did my research and if I if I couldn't find what I was looking for I would mention that this is what I did and this is my question so people know that this is coming from a researched place a place a, a thoughtful place which is super important too because you even even though when you're very early you can get away with you know just asking dumb questions it's good to set the precedence that you are someone that is thoughtful and respectful of other people's time. And then the next 60 and 90 days, I still followed that process of learning, shadowing, but I started taking on accounts and I started um, doing, I, I started like doing activity that represented the best activity that I saw when I shadowed different customer success managers and what I would read about and what would be, you know, instructed as recommended best practices in taking care of the, the, the clients and navigating different cross-functional teams and working with them on, on some sort of project. So that's pretty, much, that's pretty much what I followed. And it felt like a long 90 days, but it also felt like a very short 90 days. And 
luckily, but with practice and with thought and investment, it worked out to be very positive um, at the end of the 90 days. And now here I am, a strategic customer success manager 15 months later. <laughs> yeah, so I remember you actually created this document, the 90-day plan, because one of your interview questions at Cloudflare was to create a 90-day plan for yourself if you were going to get the role. And that 90-day plan was so detailed and so compelling that I think it was a big part of the reason that you actually got the job. And we actually mm -hmm. use your 90-day plan now in our program as an example of this is how you structure the first 90 days in a new job so that you can wow your team and your bosses and so on. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's super important. First impressions last. Yeah. And you had structured that plan along learning goals, team goals and performance goals and so there was a lot of learning in the first 30 days and then a lot of interaction with the team like you said and then the performance goals got stronger towards like the 60 and the 90 day plan at right. end of the plan right? right and i also remember that like one week or two weeks after you started the job you started interviewing other candidates like they put you in the interview <laughs> right isn't that <laughs> funny and interesting and shows how amazing you were in the interview process? It's the law of attraction. People feel it. People feel when you're invested. People feel when you're present and people feel when you're excited to come into work. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, even choosing the job in the first place, it requires some excitement. You have to be excited about the company and the products that they provide. Absolutely. Yeah. So what would you say was your biggest success or were your biggest successes in the first 12 months at Cloudflare? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, what you brought up just now about, you know, me working on this onboarding doc, um, this internal doc, uh, it, 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 you know, to, it was a doc to um, help other customer success managers successfully onboard a new product that we came out with while I started. And it's a pretty technical product, so it can get somewhat convoluted. And I was lucky to have the first paying uh, customer for that product. And it was such a messy process. And I honestly, to be completely candid, I thought that, wow, this might be a product that sunsets pretty soon because <laughs> this this was a mess. Um, but I took it as an opportunity too for me to maybe write out a doc on how to successfully navigate the onboarding process and how to facilitate a smooth onboard for everyone involved. And that doc got a lot of visibility um, from leadership, uh, well, from my team to cross-functional teams and leadership, and it got spread all across the company. And I think that kind of put me in a position as a thought leader and someone that really cared about what we did at Cloudflare. And I consider that to be one of my biggest stepping stones into continuing to be involved in things like interviews, right? And, um, you know, new, new projects and op internal operations and um, having new cus new customer success managers shadow my calls. So that onboarding doc that I created, I would say is the foundation and one of the biggest success moments I've had um, in the first 12 months. Yes, because you created a process that didn't exist before, basically for the company, right? A process yep. around this new product and you had the very first client for that product. And so you had to create a process where there didn't 
exist any processes before. So of course, mm. when you do something like that in an organization and you bring that much value to the table and you make your boss's job so much easier, you make the whole organization's job so much easier, then eyeballs are going to be on you for promotion because that is what makes you essential in a role and that's what gets you promoted, right? Yes. Yes, so what absolutely you, agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what would you say was your biggest challenge in the first 12 months on the job? Oh, wow. Um, I would say, let me think about this a bit. So, you know, during the first 12 months of the job, outside of just, you know, professional challenges, there were personal challenges happening because of the pandemic and of and the uprising of um social unrest especially when it came to black lives and um how it it, it, it went into the workplace as far as how black and brown people were treated at work and that was interesting right because um not only am i from jamaica and i grew up in a different environment in a country that was majority black and then having the culture shock of coming to America and understanding the impact and the systemic issues at play here. Um, I also became a lead at Afroflare, one of the um, employee resource groups at Cloudflare because I probably wanted to represent for, you know, black and brown people at Cloudflare and making and, and allies and making people, everyone feel welcome and feeling like they can be their authentic self or as close to professionally authentic as they can <laughs> at work. And because of all of this happening though, um, there was a lot more responsibility put on our plates as far as like, you know, helping Cloudflare properly address some of the internal strife with everything going on in the nation and in the globe. And I say it was challenging, but it was also very enlightening and it was very rewarding because we, for example, we partook in many different internal activities, um, you know, like mental healing. Um, we, we, you know, made sure that people were recognized for certain, certain things that they did. We, you know, even worked with HR and like our hiring processes and how are we you know, thinking about hiring more diverse candidates for certain roles that um, you know we maybe wouldn't look at look look that direction for things like that, right? So it got very, very intense, very detailed. But through it all, it was so rewarding, and I felt like I had such an impact on the company outside of just showing up and bringing in new business. And um, mm -hmm. I would say it was very challenging, but also it was something that allowed me to grow and it gave me a lot more insight and it made me feel that I played a very important role in the culture of Cloudflare right now. So yeah, um, mm -hmm. I think that's a good example. And, and Cloudflare <laughs> sent you flowers, right? Yeah, they sent me flowers, you know, thanking, thanking me and other people too, uh, other Afroflare leads and recognizing the, the, the role we played and making Cloudflare feel even more inclusive of, uh, of an environment um, yeah. than, than it was before, yeah. I remember that you were a little emotional when you got the flowers, like you felt recognized, you felt 
seen and you felt appreciated and valued by your company. And that's so important in this day and age, especially for people of color, to feel a sense of belonging to the companies that they work in, especially if they're in a very small minority of diverse people in the workplace, right? How did you feel right. when you got those flowers? It felt it felt good. Um, like, yeah, you know, some people might think of it as, oh, that's just some sort of lip service. Like, what does it really mean? But it meant a lot because we all want to be recognized for the things that we do. Uh, and, you know, that recognition, it was more than the flowers. It was just feeling like I had a real impact on how Cloudflare thinks about the issues of people of color, yeah. right? And um, that's important because I, I think that that was something that I've always wanted to play a bigger role in at at some point um, in, in my career and just my life. And um, it might've started even when I was at Facebook. After when I left Facebook, I realized, you know what, this is something I wanna focus more on because this yeah. is important. So it, yeah. it, it all came full circle. Absolutely, absolutely. So now <laughs> I wanna get to the core of this episode, which is how do you get promoted at work? Like exactly what are the tactics and the tips and the techniques that you have to share with our listeners for how to get promoted at work? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so outside of a lot of the things that we just spoke about, such as, you know, the first 90 days being extremely important, being present, um, showing up, uh, finding projects outside of your main work to add, to try and add value to. It's also the relationships. So I'm in a sales role, right? And relationships externally, of course, is important because, you know, that is the revenue coming in. That's the main part of the job. But the internal relationships that you build, I think are fundamental because these are the people that you work with. And it doesn't mean playing some pretentious corporate politics, right? Um, because I'm not a big fan of that. It's just being a team player, um, being someone that is seen as resourceful, someone that facilitates others to be successful when they work with them. Um, and in my case, I work with a team called the solutions engineering team. I've mentioned I work with the expansion account reps, sometimes more sales folks that decide to hold on to an account. I work with the product team, the marketing team. I work with many different teams. And I always try to approach those conversations with how can I make you successful and how can we work together in a way that is enjoyable and we're both winning and we both have opportunities to shine. And uh, fortunately for me, um, things have worked out in that realm and I've built some really strong relationships with people as a result because people are more, pe people like to feel supported. And if you are someone that supports others, they're going to want to support you back. And I think coming out of that, that experience, I've had many different teams, many different colleagues on, on cross-functional teams reaching out to my management, reaching out to you know, my manager's manager and saying all these great things that I've been doing. And I think that has helped tenfold because not only is my team seeing the work that I'm doing, they're getting feedback from other teams saying that this guy is great, which you know helps them make a decision like, all right, we should promote this person because 
this is someone that can work well with many others. And this is someone that we can give a certain level of autonomy. So I would say that is the key uh, way to get promoted outside of doing a great job at your day-to-day and outside of looking for side projects that could be super impactful and could help others succeed down the road. Absolutely. And I always tell my clients that the higher up you go in an organization, the more your relationship management skills matter. Because when you start managing other people, you the execution doesn't fall to you anymore, the execution of tasks. What falls to you is how you negotiate the labyrinth of personalities to get things done. How do you motivate others to execute on the task since you're not executing anymore? And so that networking and that relationship management gets so important. So the, when you start showing that early, you are identified as a candidate for promotion because at the higher levels in the organization, you're going to have to use those skills a lot. Yes. But I actually remember this tape that you told me that your very first manager gave you, right? Which I thought was so profound and so amazing and really helped catapult your networking skills even to another level. Do you remember what that was? You want me to? Which tip is this? That your very first manager told you, how, why don't you ask some of the people that you work with internally to send written notes talking about how their relationship with you to some of your managers? Oh. She actually told you to do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and it, it kind of goes back to you know, what we were just saying, yeah. but you know, playing the corporate politics a little bit more <laughs> where yeah. instead of waiting for people to reach out on their behalf, um you actually make that request yeah and it's important it's important because don't assume that everyone is just thinking as you uh, of you as a priority because mm-hmm. they have their day-to-day they have their own initiatives to take care of as well even if they had a great experience with you they got to get back to them mm-hmm. um so it's important to remind people or to you know shoot someone a thing if, if you had a positive experience with someone that you worked with Shoot them a note and be like, hey, share that with my manager, especially if they say something to you about the experience. Be like, that's awesome. It would be great if you shared that with my manager, you know, shoot X, Y, Z a note. And nine times out of 10, they probably will, um, especially after making a comment like that to you. So, yeah, play the game a little bit. Right. Like, let's just be honest. Um, You got to ask people to to show up for you. Absolutely. I love that tip. Because exactly what you said, you're not top of mind for people after the interaction ends. <laughs> but, you know, in order to be, become more visible in an organization, people need to hear about you, right? You can't just right. be a quiet mouse doing tasks and expect to get promoted. I actually say this a lot. Like, you have to become more visible in the organization. And that is one very succinct tip that just, hey, we had a great interaction. Would you mind dropping a note to my manager? That is one easy way to become more visible. In fact, we do this in Soul Career when we ask our clients to give us great testimonials when they get a great result, right? We, We ask for it because we know that showing those successes is so important to telling our story and what we're able to do. So I love that tip. Yes. Okay, so we're... We're getting close to the end. We cannot end without talking about Warren's negotiating skills. So 
I admire Warren a lot for how how you negotiate Warren because you know when it comes to negotiating for me I tend to like many women this has been written about in many studies that women tend to undersell themselves in a negotiation but watching you firsthand go for what you want ask for what you want negotiate for what you want has been very powerful for me to see so tell us a little bit about your negotiating style and how you negotiated this particular promotion. Yeah, um, I, I love that you bring up that point uh, about you know the well-documented women may may not negotiate for their worth as much as men, and it's also a people of color thing too because it's it's kind of like the mindset that we've been conditioned to have, where if we have anything, especially something more than anything. You should feel lucky. You should feel grateful, right? Don't be disrespectful and ask for more. That is nonsense. <laughs> and that is something I learned very early on in my career. And I actually accredit um, my negotiation skills to my first negotiation coming out of undergrad, where my manager then actually told me like a year in when we were just having a random conversation about it that they were more than willing to give me like $5,000 or $10,000 more a year if I just asked for it. And I will never forget that day. <laughs> that was such a scar, especially someone living paycheck to paycheck with all these student loans and debt. I, it, it, that, that really moved me, right? And from that day, I said, this is never going to happen to me again. And that's the approach I've taken. So with every role that I have, the first thing that I do is I make sure I'm very studied. So I do research. I go on tools like Glassdoor. I think they have many, I think they have other things. LinkedIn um, Navigator now has options showing you like salary ranges. And there are a couple of other tools too. You can just do a Google search and look up. Payscale.com. There you go. Payscale.com, right? And look up your role and look up maybe the role that you're about to get in my, in my, in my case here at Cloudflare, like I looked up strategic customer success manager. What does that salary, what does that compensation look like? And I compare that to what I'm being paid now and I just do the math and I'm like, I want the highest, <laughs> right? <laughs> Go for the, because the thing is this, like a lot of people get afraid that they're gonna come with a number that's just ridiculous and you're gonna get laughed out the room or maybe they're gonna be like, you know what? That was so ridiculous, you're fired, right? That's not gonna happen. <laughs> That's not going to happen. They're not going to fire you. But at the same time, you want to be researched because you don't want to come in with a number that just doesn't make sense because that might affect your credibility because that's important too. Because you want to continue to be able to negotiate and have cred credibility when negotiating. Yeah. So do your research, find the role um, that matches up with yours. If it's not the exact match, at least find one that's close and choose that number that... Um, is usually start high right because as many of you guys are probably familiar with like negotiations they tend to go low you have to have a batna where you can't go any lower than a certain amount but go start off much higher than that so that anything above that batna is a win for you right and do your own personal um calculations like what are my expenses what can i manage you know what is legitimately the lowest i can go that's what i do right i look at my expenses because i was able to negotiate um, a, a, a certain ratio as far as base salary to compensation where my base salary is higher because I have so many expenses. I cannot have a lower base salary and just depend on, uh, depend 
on like the bonuses that I get on a quarterly basis, right? And you know, people feel the energy when there's some something is a need. So that was something that was a need of mine, <laughs> and that was successful because I kept that ratio, even though it's very out of the norm. But yeah, go for that high number and be confident and share with them that, hey, this is what I've done. I've looked in the market. I've seen what people at this, on um, for this role are, is getting paid for. This, I mean, is getting paid. This is the type of um, success I've had. This, this is the type of things that I've done at Cloudflare or at whatever company you're at. Um, this is what I want to continue doing. So I believe that this is my worth. Yeah. No one is going to ever discredit you for showing up for yourself and betting on yourself. And that is the best way to approach these um, conversations, I think, yeah. as opposed to just coming in blindsided without any research. Talented people have way more negotiating power than they realize. Because coming <laughs> from someone who was a CEO of an organization, um, I remember not wanting to lose my top talent and you know, being prepared for them to ask for more and how would I respond in that situation. But starting at a lower, not my maximum offer, right? I started that at a lower than maximum to see, because to leave room for them to come back and for us to go up. But the mm. candidates who just accepted that first offer, I was often surprised, just like what you said your first manager told you, right? Because you right. expect a negotiation as someone in a leadership role negotiating with your team member. So you are always in a better negotiating position than you think. But Warren, what I struggle with is I have no problem doing all the research and thinking about BATNA, which is best alternative to a negotiated agreement. It is your mm -hmm. worst case scenario, um, walk away kind of value. Uh, so I have no problem doing all of that research. But then when I'm in the room and I have to put a number into words, I choke. <laughs> I can't pull the trigger. I get so nervous. And then uh, all my research all my research goes down the drain. So how do you like overcome those nerves and actually say the number that you want? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Uh, and I think first first it requires you recognizing that this is a hard conversation. Um, don't think that, oh, this is just hard for me, but so many people, they have it so much easier. They're so much better at doing this type of thing. No, this is a difficult conversation for everyone. This is not an easy conversation for me. So you have to prepare, you have to prep yourself, you know, you have to give yourself that juice, you know, just think about anything else that you've done where it's like nerve wracking, whether it's like public speaking or, you know, you're a parent and it's like parent teacher conference, whatever the case is. And you have to, you know, give yourself all the energy to just be ready. Yeah. Do that same thing with a negotiation. Don't just go in the room thinking so many people are good at this. I suck at this. Oh, I choked. No, <laughs> you know, get yourself hyped up and go in there and just play that sales game and bet on yourself. Give them that number. And don't <laughs> worry about them coming back, looking at you crazy, because if you are researched, that's that's it you know that that's all you need right yeah. and no one is going to come back with some extreme comment like you know what? get out of here you're not getting anything <laughs> and if you ever get some response like that you need to get out of there you need to find a new job because that is not the place for you to work right um in my experience when a candidate 
asked for more than we were willing to give, we said, you know, this is our max amount. Um, it was a nonprofit that I was running. So we had a fixed budget every year and we have a cap on certain salaries. So I would explain that and then say to the candidate, because you always want your top ranked candidate and you expect them to ask for their value, right? So I would always say, this is the max that we can go. Are you willing to meet us there? And then it's up to you to say yes or no. But as you said, Warren, it's very unlikely that someone will turn you away for asking for what you're worth. It's either they can meet you or they can't meet you. And then you talk about what happens in both scenarios, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. the last thing I'll say on it, and all that is absolutely correct. And the last thing I'll say on it too is um, treat it like a real, a serious negotiating conversation where don't, don't think that going into these conversations, so let me backtrack a bit. Like these conversations shouldn't be contentious. I think um, pop culture makes, makes us think that having a negotiation means you need to put on the serious face and get argumentative. That's, that's not a true negotiation. Negotiations, real negotiations come down to your value, your need, the type of work, uh, the type that how you, what you how you think that you show up or how you can show up for this opportunity, and having a conversation with this person yeah. on how can we achieve that, right? What is the best way forward for us? And there are negotiations, there are conversations like this where there isn't a best way forward. The company just cannot, they just don't have the budget for you right now. And this is where in Soul Career, we talk about having many different opportunities because this is where you walk away. Yeah. You have to be able to walk away. When you can't walk away, that's when your negotiating power is at its lowest. Absolutely. I, I, was, I had an offer from Salesforce and I walked away because the offer was so low and I was able to do that. And funny enough, when you have many different opportunities and you choose to walk away, that's when you'll hear back from them like okay 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 we'll meet you you know, and, you know whatever again maybe that's not the place you want to work at anyway so right so yeah we definitely recommend getting multiple offers not just one and that's a big mistake a lot of people make just accepting the first offer they get you want to put yourself in a position to have multiple opportunities so that your walk away value is actually quite high and not so low but when you're getting a promotion, that's a little different, right? Your walk away yeah. isn't really walking away. So how did you think about it's, it? Last point on this, just how yeah. did you think about that? Yeah. No, I love that you bring that up because that's important. Um, it's not necessarily a walk away, but if you think that your promotion was offensive, um, you walk away with what they offered and I think that's where maybe you choose not to make it clear in that conversation that you're going to look elsewhere, but that's when you start thinking about different opportunities, right? Because getting the promotion in itself is a win because it shows everyone else that you are um, a top candidate, that you bring value, you have impact, you do good work. And it gives you even more negotiating power in a different conversation where if maybe there's another role or another company with that role that's willing to pay you more um, is, in, is in the picture, you, you, you're a lot more stronger in that conversation than you were before the promotion. Mm -hmm. So yeah. promotion, it's, it's fine because you're going to get a win anyway. But if you don't get the win on the dollars front, 
um, that's where I think it's time to, you know, consider elsewhere. And it, it, the, the funny thing about it too is, it, and it's all dependent on where you are in, in, in um, your career or your career life cycle in, for that company. But a lot of times that whole walk away with the promotion talk is say, when you were having this negotiating conversation for the promotion, you were also having a conversation with another company. <laughs> if you are willing to go to that other company, that is something that could be a play. You know, that one is dangerous though, because you don't want to, to strong arm your current company and then they're like, fine. And then they think, oh, this person is not fully committed. So again, I, I think with promotions, it's, it's, you keep it closer to the vest. Um, as opposed to just looking for a new job and you share with people, I do have all these offers. I don't think you want to do that. So that's my final thought, actually. That's the that's my takeaway. With promotions, keep keep your different opportunities closer to your vest, but um, still still negotiate with that same prowess and that same energy. Right. And if yeah. you have to walk away with the offer, you walk away with it and then you make a decision from there. But a promotion will always be a win. Yeah, I agree. And what I take away from what you're saying is if you are getting a promotion, but your compensation doesn't meet what you want, you accept the promotion, especially if you have a good relationship with the company and you haven't been looking elsewhere to this point, accept the promotion, even at the lowest salary. But then you have to determine whether you are being adequately valued by the company. And if you think, well, this company is not valuing me well or it's not paying me what I'm worth then you have to start thinking about well what else should I do so that I can get compensated what I'm worth that's my takeaway yes. from what you're saying okay yeah. so Warren the last question for you is where do you go from here are you gonna mm. manage people next are you gonna what are you gonna do what are you thinking what's next for you <laughs> Yes. Oh, wow. Such a good question. Get through at least the first six months as a strategic. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for sure, I do want to, you know, um, pay homage. Well, not, maybe not pay homage, but I do want to respect the promotion and just be focused on what I'm doing right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, moving forward from this, what 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 else do I want to do? Managing people has come up because... Just based on my interactions so far to date in my career with managers and understanding the importance of the manager-employee relationship and thinking through how I approach conversations um, and, you know, the type of facilitation that I do right now with current colleagues, I think that being a manager is in the cards for me, uh, managing a team, but I understand the, the work and the effort that comes with that. Um, so I'm still, you know, thinking through, is that what will energize me moving forward? Or maybe um, exercising new skills and improving my tool? I mean, like adding to my, my toolkit as far as, um, you know, different, maybe a different role within the same company. These are all things that, that have crossed my mind, but I haven't really, I haven't made a decision yet. Yeah. Um, my decision right now is to you know, focus on this promotion and um, try to be as successful in it as possible and try to share as much value with my colleagues as possible. And of course, value to the customers. Uh, but yeah, it's between management or maybe a similar role, but a separate team. We'll see. 
Amazing. So congratulations again on your promotion. It's very, very inspiring for us at Soul Career, very inspiring for our clients. You gave some really good tips, some really good techniques here. So thank you for that. And with that, we'll sign off. So thank you guys for joining and look out for our next episode or next season early in the new year. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. If you love this episode, remember to hit subscribe and leave us a review. And if you're a professional, executive, or entrepreneur that's interested in taking one of our coaching programs, head on over to soulcareer.com and sign up for a free consultation. We would love to hear from you.